0: Hey folks, Celica here, creator and host of The Color Girl Beautiful. If you're tuning in for the first time, thanks for coming through. We're currently between seasons and we'll be back with brand new content later this fall. But not to worry, there's plenty of content for you to check out in the meantime. Obviously, the episode you're about to listen to right now is amazing, and we believe the entire back catalog is worth your time. But if you're looking for a place to start, I recommend episode one, which is an introduction to the show's genesis or episode four, which just happens to be one of my favorites. After that, the sky's the limit. I hope you stick around, and I'm super excited for you to hear season two. Anywho, happy listening, and see you around. Blackness isn't just about race. I'm Deneen Milner, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. On my podcast, Speakeasy with Deneen, I dive into the beauty and humanity of blackness with people like writer Tyari Jones, journalist Demetria Lucas, and rapper Killer Mike. Listen to Speakeasy with Denine from Georgia Public Broadcasting. Subscribe for free at gpb.org slash podcasts or on your favorite podcast app.
1: So this week, Azalea,
0: I want to talk to you about my conversation
1: with Tina. It's funny. I am, I'm really very introverted and very shy, although it does not come across that way to people. But essentially, I'm very shy and quiet and loving and giving.
0: Now, I don't know Tina to be shy, but I do know her to be loving and giving.
1: I also know Tina
0: to be someone who has a very solid sense of self so, per the usual, I wanted to talk that through with my producer, Nicole, starting, of course, from the beginning. Hey there, Asalika here, and this is The Colored Girl Beautiful, a heartfelt letter from one generation of black women learning to stand firm in who she is to another.
2: When you two met, Kind of quickly. And then you clicked right away. Yeah.
0: So when I met Tina, we were both at a women's conference at the university where I work. It was a conference specifically for Black women's and Black girls' health and wellness. Uh, And we were Mm -hmm. on the same panel. Now, first of all, I didn't have any business being on this panel. (laughs) There was a, a woman, a Black woman on campus who... I, I feel like wanted to give me a chance and like believed in me and I'm so grateful, but like compared to the other people on this, on this panel, like, yo, I should not have been there. <laughs> but Tina was one of those people and she had this like mindfulness um, presentation that was really wonderful. We start chatting a little bit and I told her that like I was nervous and I'd never done a presentation like this before, but she like helped me just sort of calm down and, she was like oh no you're gonna be fine yeah like you're you're great like it was it was just like lovely to have someone there sort of on my side when I was just freaking out about this new thing that I was doing so I found her to be just like a pleasant wonderful person and I, so I, I I reached out to her to see if I could talk with her more
1: <laughs> amazing I am besides being a, an author, a new author, a writer, a, a photographer, an artist. I'm a um integrative healthcare professional. So I teach mindfulness, I teach Reiki. Uh so using my spiritual, mindful, meditative prayer time is what helps me stay in focus. I, I don't miss my morning session. It could be five minutes, it could be 30 minutes, it could be an hour, depending upon how much time I have and what I need that day. But I don't miss that time with myself.
0: Since meeting her that day at the conference, Tina has continued to be a wonderful encouragement and also a lovely example of someone who is just comfortable in her own skin.
1: She brings her whole authentic self, whatever that happens to look like that day. I've been a person my entire life, mostly. I dress for me. I dress for my girlfriends more than I dress for the men in my life. Uh, when I meet my girlfriends, I'm always good. <laughs> you know, it's just that Yeah, I think that sometimes we get caught up in, like, we're trying to impress someone we're dating, whether that's a man or a woman. But I, I date men. I have always, you know, I've dressed. But when I'm getting with my girlfriends, mm, I'm always in, looking good. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to look good. I'm not going to lie. I am the jewelry queen. So uh, everything that I wear orbits around what jewelry I have. Like most people get dressed with an outfit and put their jewelry on. Jewelry's first for me. But I, but I also want to say, you know, aside from the exterior, um, there's an interior part that I have had to find in that spiritual part of myself um, that expresses itself in how... I interact with other people wanting to be around other people to help other people. So I think the other thing would be the heart that I was given that it's just really open and willing and hears and I think that we have to look at the beauty not just the exterior but the interior but the exterior you know that's what people see so. Uh, So Tina is 62 now
0: and she just seems to have grown into herself. And I am so jealous. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, I I feel like there are some things that I'm, like, really good at. And, like, I'm getting close to, to being, like, comfortable comfortable but she's comfortable in a way that i don't know maybe only comes with time or something mm. but i i've really like i appreciated this conversation i've i talked to her like i call her every now and again and we just chat on the phone for a couple hours about everything and nothing a lot of times it's about boys <laughs> um, <laughs> um but it i just i so appreciate her perspective yeah um, it's It's been really helpful for me just knowing her these last couple of years. <laughs> I think that one of the things I appreciate about Tina is that she doesn't let other people's perceptions of her change the way that she perceives herself. She strives towards excellence and doesn't apologize for it. And Azalea, you had some encouraging words for us about having that kind of a drive and ambition.
2: Azalea quotes somebody else this week. Yeah. This is not her.
0: Okay. This is one of my, probably one of my favorite chapters because it's so encouraging and it's so, um, like she really just, you can see in the, in the text here that she really believes in black women and, um, wants the best for us and wants us to reach our potential. And, you know, it's, it's really lovely. But, um, so there's this one particular quote, um, about work. Azalea has this quote, Um, from a man named John Ruskin, who in all honesty, I've not been able to find a lot of information about, but she feels like his concept of work is something that should be um, what she refers to as a universal creed. Um, but it says the man or woman who does work worth doing is the man or woman who lives and breathes his work with whom it is ever present in his or her soul whose ambition is to do it well and feels rewarded by the thought of having done it well.
2: Do you identify with the kind of like drive and the urgency that's described in that quote?
0: Yeah, because I think there's something really wonderful about doing something that you, that drives you doing something that um, is important to you, you know, to, for me, for example like this podcast I want to do this you know like this means a lot to me and I put a lot of myself into it and I I think that's a, a lot of what makes it meaningful but this this drive that she sort of talks about here um the the ambition um that's mentioned in this quote but i just think in practice what i have found what i've seen is that it it kind of backfires like a black woman who is that ambitious
2: is is just kind of perceived as a lot did um in your conversations with tina did you all touch on that at all or did she have any similar experiences of like this drive being perceived negatively by others
0: yeah so for her
1: it was it it was at work well i've been you know in most of my in my corporate jobs, with one exception, I've always been a manager, a supervisor, or a director. So I've always had a staff. The word, oh, you're so intimidating. And I, will, I take, used to take such exception to that. After a while, from the beginning, I was like, oh, well, baby," and I'm like, you're not intimidating. I have a high standard of work and a high standard of expectation if you work for me because whoever I'm working for has an expectation of me. I'm not dropping the ball and therefore you're not dropping the ball because we're not making, I'm not looking to look bad. And so, and whatever you need so that you can make yourself look good, we all look good. Then you need to let me know what that is. And I will make sure that that happens. One of the things I'm probably very proud of is being a boss or a director, manager, whatever, is that self-development and development of the people that work for me was always uppermost. You need to leave me better than when I came, when you came to me. And for people on my team to be intimidated by that, oh, it was just so intimidating. And, I, and, uh, and it's just like, you know, and then finally one day I just said, okay, I'm not listening to that, not one more minute. If you can't get yourself together, I'm, I'm giving you the opportunity to better yourself, to learn more, to do more, and not demanding because it's not a requirement on your uh, – when I do your review. It's just I'm offering you opportunity. I'm not evaluating you on this. But if you're intimidated because I ex- say, why don't you go take that class, that's your problem, not mine. And what I finally got to and what I think a lot of us need to get to is people's behavior all the time does not have anything to do with you. It's about them. It's about them and their insecurities and they're not being able to feel.
2: So how do you feel after hearing Tina's kind of journey with being perceived as intimidating and mm-hmm. getting comfortable with mm-hmm. herself? How does that make you feel about your level of drive in the way that it's perceived by others? I, I've definitely, um,
0: had that like intimidating. I've, I've heard that word
2: bandied about <laughs> <laughs> bandied about <laughs> that is the, when, what's the, what's the setting in which yeah, you so, word? So, so
0: for Tina, it was, it was at work, but for me, it's just been like personally, um, I've, you know, in, in some of my like relationships with people, um friendships and things like that people have uh perceived me as intimidating because I am someone who like I know what I want um and and I think even maybe even more than that is that I am someone who kind of wants to talk things out I want to like have a very open discussion about what is happening I don't like the You know, I don't like being passive aggressive. I don't like, you know, tiptoeing around things like, no, I want to have a conversation about it. And, you know, like, I think people like perceive that as me being like very direct and maybe sometimes harsh or, you know, intimidating. And that's what I'm just like. It's just so frustrating because, again, my only goal is a solution and it's just not always perceived that way like i i i am perceived sometimes as being bossy or trying to manage things too much and i that's never my intent um and i i try to like reflect to and and think like am am i being unreasonable like what are people just perceiving me this way and there's nothing i can do about it um so i don't i don't mean to like deflect and say it's always someone else, but I I've done a lot of soul searching and a lot of therapy and <laughs> <laughs> you know, to try to reconcile because it's for me it's 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 sometimes gotten to the point where I um I just feel so bad about it because again, that's never what I want. I don't want anyone to feel intimidated ever by me. But that's also not Why? something that I
2: um. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Some people want that. You know, it's better to be feared than loved.
0: No, kind of I just, thing. I just don't believe that. I just don't believe in it. I, you know, like I feel like um, we're all better off if we feel safe and cared for. You know, and so I want to provide that sort of an, an environment. That And I think maybe this is where things sort of break down is that for me, that does not mean that we don't have hard conversations. That doesn't mean that you get a pass on everything. That doesn't mean that, you know, um, I'm not ever upset or disappointed, but it does mean as I, I feel like as someone who cares about people, it is my responsibility to have the discussion with you about what it is that I'm thinking, feeling, concerned about in a, you know, reasonable, respectful respectful way um, so that we can get from where we are to where we want to be. Mm. And, and I think for a lot of people, um, being kind and caring means we skip over that really hard conversation. And I don't believe that that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I don't ever want to be someone who just sort of brushes past also because what happens over time is that when we don't like really talk about and hash things out, um, we become resentful and that over time, like erodes the quality of the relationship and I don't ever want that. And so I'm always, you know, trying to find a way to balance like, like, okay, we're going to talk about this really hard thing. Um, and and i i will I will press for that um and so I think that's where things sort of get i
2: don't know wires cross and that's where the the um you being intimidating perception comes yeah, from,
1: yeah, my father told me once, you know you want to be if you want to be at the top it's all it can be very lonely there, and so for me because. I wanted to do be better. It was lonely, and also because I'm very, I'm just a different person, period. You know, I have a little thing in my phone that says it's a picture of all these little white lambs and one little black one. It says it's good to be different, and I see. I look at that every morning because it took me a while to be okay with just being different, not being like everybody. And I knew that a long time. Non, I'm a nonconformist. I do not go along with the crowd. I'm not a follower, although I know when to follow. Uh, But it is hard.
2: It is hard. And that's like a journey to to getting to acceptance because the people may not change, but then how you move around in the world and feel about yourself, that's the thing that needs to grow and evolve.
0: Absolutely, because I cannot change those people. I don't have any control over what they perceive of me, their thoughts. I can't do anything about that. The only thing that can change is
2: me. Right. Yeah. So what do you do to, how do you balance that out in the end though? Knowing that people are going to perceive this, desire Mm -hmm. to maintain a healthy relationship by talking and being open. They're going to perceive it as uh, intimidating, but it is something that is fundamentally important to you that you cannot just let go of.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's just, I've, I've come to the realization that that's who I am as a person. Um, what I, I, I feel like I have been able to adjust to some degree is like if, if, um, Like, that's something that's important to me. That's a non-negotiable. Like, if we're going to be in relationship in any authentic way, I need to know that we can have this conversation. Um, When and how we have that conversation, I feel like that's something that I can adjust. Not everyone is ready at, like, any time. Like, I want to sit down and hash it out today, right now. You know, like,
2: (laughs) I'm always ready. I'm always
0: ready. I stay ready. (laughs) Um, But that's not how everybody processes things. Not everybody's on the same page as I am. So it's fine for me to like, hang back sometimes or, or, you know, like, sometimes people need some time, sometimes people need space. And I can, I can, I can give in that way. You know, like, you might not be ready to have this conversation. And I have to be respectful of that. Um, that might mean that there's some space between us for a while. That's also okay. Um, but I also, I am someone who believes in redemption and reconciliation, and I don't, um, I, I really try not to, like, cut people off or, you know, um, I want to give everyone the opportunity um, to have a, like, a healthy, meaningful relationship. It's not always possible, you know, Um but i i I want to be someone who is open at the very least, and I'm learning to be more patient in terms of what that looks like and in terms of again when and how those conversations
2: happen. Actually, I don't know if this is true or not, but did you do you think you learned any of that from Tina? Does it have anything to do with your conversations with her?
0: I don't think I I learned it from Tina. I think I've seen Tina execute and that's been exceptional. Like every time I get on the phone with her, I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's never that she tells me anything that I don't know, but it's always like, oh man, I forgot. Like I, that's something that, you know, I need to have top of mind. And, and a lot of it for me is, is being okay with this is who I am, you know, I am that person who's always going to want to have the conversation. That is who I am. And that's fine. That's not something I have to change. I just haven't settled into like, this is me and that's fine. I'm I'm working on it and I'm definitely getting closer. Every single day I'm growing and learning and I'm so grateful. I'm grateful to have women like Tina in my life who um, can show me what that looks like. Because uh, she's always just got this level of calm. Um, and and is always just able to admit when she's been upset or she's been hurt. Um, but I, I appreciate seeing that example. What
1: makes me me? My ability to be open to care for people, to care about this world, what happens in this world, what's happening in this life, to not allow, what's happening to make me shut down and become hard and distant, the resilience to love no matter how many times I've been disappointed. Um, I still think there's a guy out there who's mine for me, Uh, just not giving up. My eclectic sense of going through life and being open to see, even, even when you talk about things, with even with people, I was always the girl who befriended those who didn't have a friend, um, wanted to bring home the people that didn't have a friend. And just, you know, my style and, and how I see things and go through. What makes me uniquely me is that I'm happy to be who I am. I don't want to be anybody else. I had
2: this vision of myself when I was going to, I'm 33 now. So I had this vision of myself in my thirties where I'm just fully self-actualized. Nothing's a problem. I know exactly who I am and what I want. And it has not exactly turned out that way. I wouldn't have expected that. (laughs) It's unbelievable. You're never going to guess this, but it didn't exactly work that way. (laughs) Do you feel like did I don't know can you relate all? did you have a similar vision of your d- 30s <laughs> were you going to have it all I, together I didn't
0: have like a similar vision of my 30s specifically but I I did you know like feel like at some point I think I'm I've just still been waiting like all right when is it is this the, is this the moment is this it am I there yet
2: <laughs> Right <laughs> am I self actualized now is it is am happening? I doing
0: it right now <laughs> Um, but I, I, so I didn't have like a specific time in mind that I thought that that would happen, but I, I'm still just kind of like, you know, hoping for that moment. And I, but I think overall, you know, it's not a thing if, 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 you know, you can imagine, (laughs) it's not a thing that happens at a time.
2: (laughs) No. (laughs) It can be scheduled.
0: <laughs> I know. Shocker. <laughs> it's not a thing that happens at a time, but I'm like, I'm getting more and more comfortable every day, you know, um, with with who I am and surrounding myself with people who can um, remind me of all of the important things of life, remind me of what I want for myself, remind yes. me that it's okay to be who I am, where I am right now today. Um, and that I'm worthy of care and concern and love Yeah, as I Ooh. am today. Um, I, I heard someone say, I wish I knew who it was, but I don't. Um, but I heard someone say uh, that it's okay to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress.
2: Ooh. Yeah, yes. at the same
0: time, I know, which is like ultra corny. Also, it's 100% true. And I love it. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm learning every day, you know, through the people that I, I surround myself with the things that I choose to do with my time. Um, you know, through my own through therapy through my own uh, self care and processing that I, I can I don't have to be perfect right now. And um, also, I am wonderful and and still and still getting there i don't have to wait to be okay with who i am until i've reached a certain thing until i've self-actualized or (laughs) whatever (laughs) you know i can i can be happy with myself like wholly and fully today right now and also realize that there's still work that i need to do yeah Azalea, I really appreciated your encouraging words in all of chapter 8 of The Colored Girl Beautiful. I think we can all use that sort of encouragement to be proud of the work that we do and to do work worth doing. And thank you for listening as I work through some of my thoughts about your writing. Today's episode is the last episode of the season, but we'll be back later this year with season two. I'm really looking forward to more of our conversations. For the last time, for a little while, sincerely, Acelica. The Color Girl Beautiful was created and is hosted by me, Acelica Smith. This episode was produced by Aselika Smith with editing help from Nicole Hill. Music is from Blue Dot Sessions and Epidemic Sounds. Azalea is your favorite book, always there for you to return to again and again when you need something to read that you know will make you smile. This is it guys, at least for now. We'll be back later this year with season two, but we're not gonna leave you hanging. Be sure to stay tuned to our feed for bonus episodes between now and the start of season two. For everything you ever wanted to know about the show and the original book that inspired the show, you can visit coloredgirlbeautiful.com. There you can subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on social media, or purchase your very own Colored Girl Beautiful t-shirt. If you like what you hear, send it to a friend. We want everybody to know about the show and we need your help. So go ahead, use that little share button in your podcatcher. And if you have a second, give the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Links for both in the show notes. The Colored Girl Beautiful is produced with support from PRX and the Google Podcast Creators Program. Thank you so very much for listening and we'll see you around.
2: Find that song, oh, the Kirk Franklin song no. it wasn't melodies from heaven why was that
0: everybody uh, that was just like beyond popular like to so if to for that to start good. up around of that to start up in service was like
2: what <laughs> and like the most exciting thing to me was the knowledge that we were gonna at some point get to rain down Down on me rain fall on me me. (laughs) and then it's gonna be like do 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 rain <laughs> la, 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 la. We have the key change. Yeah. the key change is just like, <laughs> and then at the it's like, right, and the, everything basically right. that you would want in a gospel song <laughs> is gonna be there. And then we're gonna cut the music, and we're gonna clap yes. for a while. And we're coming back. Oh, we're coming back. Yeah. We're coming back. We're coming so good oh so my good. Gosh. It was like a concert
0: in one song <laughs> oh man it was amazing like the hypest gospel concert yes. in one song oh <laughs> so good
2: oh i love that song i was like